0: Welcome to Shared Instance, a podcast on iOS development by three iOS developers in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm Sam Corder.
1: I'm Alex Argo.
0: And I'm Alex Robinson. This is episode 61. Hello, guys. Welcome again. How's it going? It's good. Seems like another slow news week, but I guess that's to be expected. Coming up on, January, or on June like this.
1: Yeah, we're in the calm before the storm.
0: Yeah. So speaking of the calm before the storm, I kind of wanted to bring this up. and I know we didn't have it on our Trello board. But if you guys listened to Under the Radar with Marco Armit and um, underscore David Smith? Their latest episode, I think it was, talks about what you should be doing before dub dub, And basically they said, don't start anything new. Polish up what you've got. Maybe even branch out if you're an iOS dev. Check out some Mac development. Oh yeah, or... they say
1: like tinker. And I think they have good points. Like tinker and stuff, if you want to tinker that's not like critical or that's not like uh, bound to be completely changed. Although it seems like tinkering with the Mac app would probably be bad since there's rumors that that might change. But
0: that yeah there could be a nice little u x kit release coming out, and then that could throw there you probably
1: off. won't be, but we it seems like everyone wants something better,
2: <laughs> and there was actually an episode after the the calm before the storm on the, from under the radar about tinkering with app kits so um. Yeah, I
1: think Marco just shipped an app for, for Mac OS.
0: Yeah, there's a little free app called Quitter,
2: I yeah. believe it's called. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, the interesting point, and there were several, but one is the app kit is quite old and it's been around for a long time. So, yeah, there is some opportunity for improvement, but it does handle a lot. A lot of things that UI kit doesn't handle and it's definitely desktop is definitely a different user scenario yeah. in a lot of cases than uh, than a mobile device.
0: What's interesting cause you know, UI kit is going to be hitting 10 years old soon. Internally it probably is past 10 years now. So calling AppKit the the old kid on the block, is, compared to UIKit, is kind of a misnomer these days.
1: Well, AppKit's even older. <laughs>
0: true, very true. But they're they're both getting old, I guess. I guess yeah, you'd be say that. Well, the UIKit is fairly streamlined.
1: I mean, it's simpler, so it's. There's more complexity on on Mac OS than there is on iOS, which is part of the reason that that's different. There's other reasons why it's more complex and has more stuff too. Yeah. So,
0: So, I don't know. Would you you regret starting a new project possibly and... Excuse me. Would you regret starting a new project and... Maybe having something that Apple came out, deprecate it. I feel like you'd be able to pivot pretty quickly.
2: Yeah.
1: I, it depends it, how much time I spent on it. I mean
2: <laughs> WWDC is not that far away at this point. I mean we're looking at Yeah, you know, roughly four weeks between now and and by the time this podcast episode airs, probably even less than that. So you know, I, I don't think you'd invest too much and, you know, I, I, we've been hearing the rumors about UX kit for quite a while. It'd be nice to be able to bring some of our experience developing for iOS to the desktop and, you know, be able to have more cross-platform apps out there. Um, without having to rewrite a whole new UI layer. But yeah, that would be I, I, that'd be my big thing. But I think you're right. I think it's still a, a bit of a stretch that we'll see that this year.
0: But, well, I'm crossing my fingers.
2: Yeah, I'm not really sure what to expect this year. I mean, with Swift being open source, I don't think we'll see too many surprises there. I think Xcode's like the biggest opportunity for us. That's still the the closed source product, um, and where. Apple has an opportunity to surprise and delight us in terms of programming, you know, having refactoring, uh, continue to improve UI and and unit testing capabilities. Um, just generally better build support and be great to see the Swift package manager baked into Xcode in the upcoming update. I don't know. What else are you guys helping yeah, to cool. see for Xcode?
0: <laughs> <laughs> for Xcode? Stability, maybe?
2: Yeah, we I, personally, I've definitely seen a, a bit of a challenge there. 7.3 was was more than a little bit bumpy for me. I had a few projects that would crash anytime I stopped at a break point. 731 uh, fixed that particular issue or seems to have fixed it. But, uh, yeah, it it definitely seemed to crash a lot more.
1: I want to run Xcode on my iPad.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Continues to be rumors of that coming up. I, I still don't know. Like, if a MacBook Air isn't powerful enough to run Xcode, I still don't see an iPad, even an iPad Pro, being a great experience.
1: Who says a MacBook Air isn't powerful enough to and run
2: Xcode? L- lots of people who, who say that. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> there's lots of people. <laughs> lots of them. Oh, all of them. Um, I don't have a MacBook I, Air, I mean... so I don't know. But that's one of the reasons I've, I have wouldn't get a MacBook or a MacBook Air is because I've heard that they're not great for Xcode. And since they max out at 8 gig of memory, um, I think that's one area where there's definitely a bottleneck with xcode
1: I mean it was a couple years ago but I I ran on my MacBook Air for a little bit uh, while I was transitioning between jobs and stuff uh, and it worked, it worked pretty well I mean as long as you have a solid state disc that seemed to be the biggest bottleneck for me And I think I only had like four gigs of RAM at the time. Obviously, everything needs more RAM now, especially if you're doing Swift or whatever.
0: It's all Swift's fault.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Maybe it wouldn't work now, but I bet bet it'd work just fine for not super heavy-duty stuff. If you were just to use a MacBook.
0: They haven't really updated the Air hardware in a little while. So I could see how well, I assume it's... you meant like
1: the MacBook one or mm-hmm. whatever they want to call just the, the skinny one that they make. Isn't that what you were talking about, Alex? That's supposed to be equivalent to uh, an iPad pro. Oh,
2: well, the MacBook and the MacBook air are, they both max out at eight gig. I, I don't know how they compare processor speed right now. I know there used to be faster than the MacBook that may still be true.
0: Yeah, I think the processor in the MacBook is geared more towards being something that's that you would use in a embedded type of system like a tablet.
2: Oh, it's it's the low power version of the Skylake processor, so it's it's optimized for battery life rather than horsepower.
1: I saw yeah. some people on Twitter recently who were Tweeting that they're that they use their MacBook for development and it works pretty well. Not a 13-inch MacBook Pro or anything like that. Just a plain old MacBook. I mean, unless you're doing really like GPU-intensive stuff, I, I think you would probably be fine. It just needs to compile some some text to a binary. Yeah,
0: how hard can if that you're be? Just do
1: an iPhone, st- yeah. <laughs> It's got to run quicker than gradle does on android <laughs> i think
2: when you start playing around with large storyboards moving things around running simulators uh yeah you know, there's there's other things that you run in parallel with xcode to it's part of your workflow
1: yeah i mean there's there could definitely be like usability issues based on the screen size i i can agree there but it, I don't think it's uh like, the, there would not be a performance issue per se. It would still work decently. All speculation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they used to wouldn't be able to refactor Swift anyway. Yeah. Because <laughs> nobody can do that. Yep. But it would be nice to have.
1: Although everyone says that the, there's, they're like, they keep hearing, like, you know, John Gruber and Federico Vittici keep hearing, uh from multiple sources that i the iPad Pro Xcode version is, in, is in-house, it's a thing. But everyone else I hear is like, oh, I, it's not going to come this year. Maybe we'll get like playgrounds on, on the iPad Pro or something like that. And I, I feel like they could do it.
2: Well, with Swift, Maybe
1: that's their UX kit. <laughs> with
2: Swift being uh, cross-platform now, and, like and cross-platform meaning outside of the Apple ecosystem, you know, we, could we see Xcode on Linux? No.
1: Yeah, I think that'd be a lot harder than <laughs> Xcode on iPad. Oh, definitely, yeah. Pro. would be
2: harder. I mean, that would well, suggest yeah. a complete rewrite from the ground up, most likely yeah. Xcode. But that may, well, if you're if you're already building it for um, for an iPad, I mean, you're kind of starting from the ground up with that anyway. Well, you, like yeah, like but we it's more talked about, about earlier, you don't have AppKit.
0: It's more about how the binaries work on Linux versus Mac. You know, Mac uses those folders for the frameworks and loading libraries up, and Linux just doesn't understand that kind of thing. You know, it's going to look in the library path, and it's not necessarily going to be in some executable path. Uh, it's... This, there's other things to overcome. That's one of the reasons I think that there aren't any framework support for in the Swift Package Manager because of the way that it's kind of a unique thing about how Apple does their binaries.
1: Interesting.
2: And I don't disagree with you that uh, it's unlikely. And just if we're already, you know, having... Wishful blue sky thinking with Xcode on the iPad. We might as well. <laughs> it's realistic. A- a- Xcode on Wishful Linux. blue
1: sky. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Yeah,
0: it's a little bit more realistic than to have Xcode on Ubuntu or something.
2: Yeah,
1: I, I mean, Apple's ported their applications to Windows before. Yeah, they have. I remember, yeah. like, there's a really like the Object Builder or whatever it was called, that was on Windows, Mm. the really, really old version of the Objective-C IDE. I
2: can see more usage of Xcode on Linux than Xcode on iPad. Xcode on iPad just seems like an academic experiment. I don't really see too many people actually doing that.
1: Well, I think part of the problem is that, and I've heard other people say this, is that developers don't make apps for the iPad Um, and a big part of that reason is because all the developers have Macs and if you have a Mac that you use full-time an iPad is not as useful as some of the people who use iPads as their main thing so maybe if you could run xcode on iPad then developers would use it and want to make more and better apps for it it's a bit of a stretch but
0: Yeah, I think it's more about the iPad market share. It's falling all the time. It's just tablets in general, the market share for them. They're kind of going the way of those old netbooks. Remember those? Made a big splash for a while, and now you just don't hear about them anymore.
1: I don't think it's that bad.
0: Well, I think it's heading in that direction.
1: Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, I don't use my iPod that iPad that much, and it's because there aren't any apps on it that are. I mean, heck, Google's apps haven't been updated to support any of the like multitasking features or anything like that of iOS nine. So it's it's a hard sell to to even want to use it.
0: Yeah, I I still like my iPad Air. I get the second gen one now, and. It's very it's a very functional device, but for the most part, I during the day I'll have Slack running in it, and uh, yeah, in the evening it's my Netflix machine for the most part.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's mostly a video watching machine for me, I'd say.
2: I could see it replacing a MacBook Air for an airplane trip if you have the keyboard but i don't see it as something you would use at least a developer would use as part of their normal workflow day to day i think they would opt for a more powerful machine
0: definitely not day to day
2: as a yeah. traveler sure i mean it's yeah, yeah a macbook air or, or a macbook is hard enough um Screen real estate-wise, like I couldn't imagine. Yeah. I had a, on a regular basis working on a 10- or 12-inch screen.
1: We'll have to see what Apple gives us. Sometimes they have to give us stuff that we don't know we want yet, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. That's always been their their thing. So while we're speculating about what we might see with Xcode at WW this year, what else you guys have on your wish list
1: a new macbook pro would be nice i think that's on lots of people's wish lists i want a better gpu way better gpu and thunderbolt 3 yeah i think yeah, if they announced it
0: at dub slash
1: dub the usb 3.1 whatever it is a fancy court that does all the things
0: if they announce that dub dub i'm heading over to the, the store right away after the keynote or at least the next morning.
1: Yeah, I remember we were at DubDub Dub when they uh, announced the Retina MacBook Pro. I think all of us were, weren't we?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And there were people who went to the store and bought it during DubDub. Dub. I wonder if, I guess they can still do that with Macs, kind of have a same-day release. Yeah. Just just because of there's not as much volume there. That would be cool.
2: Yeah, it's I, I think that may have been the last time hardware was released. Same day,
1: yeah. I don't, it's been a while. Yeah. You're right, <laughs> but uh,
2: you know, I, I think there's a lot of expectation that in terms of new hardware, that we're going to see a refresh of the MacBook Pro, and we might see a new Mac Pro. The Mac Mini is also another one that's overdue for an update. Um, iMac is still relatively up to date, it might get a speed bump. But yeah, almost with the exception of the MacBook, it's been a, a long time since any of the hardware's been updated and I think we're definitely ready and that's a combination of Intel's delay on Skylake as well as uh waiting for new graphics cards. So hopefully what we what they announce will be pretty nice hardware.
1: I think NVIDIA and AMD have both announced their new graphics cards. Uh, I think NVIDIA did it only a couple of days ago. It looks like they're pretty strong performance wise and yeah. good uh, power uh, efficiency. So it seems like things that might work in a laptop, although they only announced the desktop parts. Yeah, we'll see. So you mentioned the, the Mac Pro though, Alex. Um, I haven't heard anything about a, a Mac pro update coming, but it's definitely due for an update. Do you think if they do update it, they're going to stick with the uh, trash can or, is, or are we going to see something new? I don't know. I ca- it doesn't seem like it's caught on very well. Yeah. No,
2: well, I mean, the pro is a fairly small audience. Um, you know, it's people who are doing professional yeah. video audio editing or people who just like a lot of horsepower, uh, the Mac Pro is currently, and I, I think this is still the case, the only hardware that Apple manufactures in the U.S.
0: If they're even putting them out right right now.
2: It's also one of the few machines that can be upgraded still. So, you know, there's part of me that would be tempted to get a Mac Pro instead of, um, you know, maybe. A, what can you iPad. upgrade
1: on a Mac Pro? The RAM?
2: I think you can upgrade just about everything. I think the discs, it's pretty, you know, granted, there's not a lot of space. You can't install a bunch of spinning discs or a DVD drive or anything like that. But
1: I thought that discs were all soldered to the board. No,
2: I, I could be wrong. I don't know. I hope that's not the case. I think that trend is starting to be a bit problematic since Apple has been pretty late on updating hardware and not being able to upgrade it yourself is, is starting to make me think the Hackintosh might be a safer route. <laughs> the, the, if I, uh, if
1: I get one of you guys to turn, I'm going to feel very accomplished. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the storage on the on the Mac Pro, I believe, was just a a card that, that, um, I forget what they're called. It's this little MSAT
1: PCI Express. Oh, those ones. Okay. Yeah. So maybe it, Maybe you can update the or upgrade the storage, but I mean, the important pieces like the CPU and the GPU are not upgradable at all. Those are.
0: Right. That's all soldered on.
1: Yeah. I'd hope they switch it up a little bit. I'm not a big fan of that just for all the reasons you guys just mentioned. I want something that I can upgrade. I'll just price it with a Hackintosh, I guess. <laughs>
0: Um, well, ter- everything's glued these days,
2: too. Yeah. I think in terms of hardware, that's probably all we can expect. I don't think we're going to see a new Apple TV this year, at least not in uh, in uh, the summer. Um, yeah, I
0: don't think we're going to see anything that's not developer-oriented. Yeah, the, the watch so th- is
2: probably going to... Later this year, probably close to the holidays, um, we could see an announcement for a new iPhone. Uh, but I, you know, we just had the iPad announcements, so I don't know. I I don't know if we'll see the iPhone. I think that'll come later in the fall. So
1: yeah, that'll be later.
2: The Macs are probably the only hardware upgrades we'll see at Dub Dub.
0: So I'm okay with that.
2: So in terms of iOS, we're on coming up on iOS ten. Yeah, at this point, I don't know what to really expect for that. What's missing? What What is it that we need in iOS ten? Or you know, Tim Cook Mm -hmm. recently did an interview. um, I think it was on Mad Money on CNN, which is kind of odd, but. Yeah. yeah, they talked about <laughs> he talked about uh innovation, adding features that we don't even know we need yet. Right. Not sure what yeah, to They've th- got that They've
0: got that whole push toward I would get I would call it the the Google Now experience. So, I think people that have Android phones, their phones are kind of creepy in some ways because you get in your car and it'll say, oh, it's a 5 minutes drive to home. You're like, how did you even know I was going home? Or it'll tell you, leave right now to, to catch your plane. And you don't even have your plane in your calendar. It just knows because it's all that in your email. So I think we might see more of a move toward that kind of thing because they started that with iOS
2: 9. So I can see that evolving a little further. Yeah, but they they still have their hands tied with the their approach to privacy, which, which I applaud. But when it comes to AI, they're limiting what kind of data they have access to. So they're not necessarily going to read your email on the server and, and parse it out to be able to predict those types of things. So they have to do it in a way right. that, that is going to protect your privacy. And since they doubled down recently uh, with the FBI, I, I don't see them backing away from that stance.
1: <laughs> yeah, I bet we see some more security features on that kind of related front.
2: <laughs> Maybe some more... Uh, um, Encryption? More proactive something. auto-updating <laughs> security features.
0: I could see them expanding out app indexing a little bit more. To help with that, just, you know, let apps say what they want to share to the system.
2: And you do have a little bit, you have a little bit of that with the, um, data security settings. You can specify how and when that data is accessible, but, um, it's not really fine grain. It's pretty much all or nothing in terms of what data, but maybe there's some data it's okay to share in some that isn't
0: right so if app if in app indexing you know you could say here's some calendar appointments here's some potential calendar appointments and a mail client could then report back to the os that says here are these things that i think you might be interested in and then the system could tie it together on the phone without too much of a worry for privacy violations.
2: Yeah. And Siri is another area where, you know, we've been hoping for an API for a while. It'd be nice to have Siri intelligence, voice activated, voice driven user interface in our own apps or searches with Siri across apps. Siri has
1: really fallen behind. (laughs) Yeah.
2: And, you know, you could argue that this is like the next user interface is, is voice driven. Um, and we're not not there yet we don't have the tools or the access to the tools to develop those types of applications
0: I saw an article where the guys that made Siri and then sold it to Apple have uh, created something called Viv at least I think that's how you pronounce it and it's way more advanced than what Siri could do Yeah, it'll it's able to make reservations for you and buy movie tickets all within a single voice command
1: i think siri does some of that stuff but yeah it's supposed to be better than siri which isn't that hard because i feel like it's gotten worse recently it hasn't gotten better
0: <laughs> although this could be one of those controlled leak kind of things where they're going to announce hey we uh really revamp siri
1: now her name is viv <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, yeah, we'll see.
2: So something that they added support for with uh, an update to iOS for the iPad uh, for schools was the ability to have multi-user support. And that's been a feature that I've kind of wished for for quite a while. And when you have kids that might, especially young kids that borrow your devices to play games, it'd be nice to have them in their own account playing with only the games or apps that they should play with especially you know if you have an iPad that's shared throughout the family it's a little less personal device i don't know do you think they'll open that up for the average user in iOS 10 they've already kind of paved the way a little bit with iOS for for the classroom
1: It'd be nice, although I would have thought we would have heard more about how the iOS in the classroom stuff goes now. Maybe it's just that those people are under an NDA or they haven't played with it much now.
2: I kind of assumed it was like HomeKit and a lot of these other things that, you know, it gets announced, but it takes another year before it rolls out. Yeah. And, you know, mid-school year is never the time to launch something new in a school.
1: All right, they're they're supposed to be figuring it out now before the new school year starts. What else do you want?
2: <laughs> uh, somebody, somebody had a cool demo of customizing the control center, as you know, something they were hoping for for iOS ten. Uh, Seems kind of cool idea, and the interface they showed was fairly usable. I don't I don't know how needed it it is. It'd be nice to be able to pare it down to just the things you want or maybe even add a third party app to control center
1: and yeah, there's some toggles that I want that are like deep and buried in settings still, but it would be nice to have there. I don't know if Apple will do that. It seems like this is one of their like hey, we're opinionated, this is what you can do things, but it would be nice yeah.
0: Is there is there anything that's in the jailbroken community that's uh quite popular that we might pot- potentially see
2: I'm I'm sure there are things like a customizable control center or other types of control center like features you know android has widgets on the the springboard whatever they call it on android Mhm I don't know I don't know if that's useful or not. It's kind of like our Today Extensions, except it's not something you have to swipe down for.
0: Yeah, I feel like Today Extensions are one of those things that haven't really taken off the way they could
2: have. Part of it's you have to go out of your way to get to them and then wait for them to load. And once they load, because of the Apple Guidelines, you're kind of limited on what you can put in there. It's more informational a little less actionable or interactive um well
1: and they also yeah. released the new big phones right at the same time so it's yeah. like oh i can't reach the thing where I have to swipe down anymore so <laughs> yeah that may have hindered it somewhat
0: yeah well i just for me it's like things that are in my freezer i don't open that door very often and so i don't know what's in my freezer
1: like that analogy. I have the same problem, Sam. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. What about like code level APIs, SDKs? You know, we talked a little bit about a Siri API. Is there anything else that that would be nice to see or we think we might see this year?
0: I, I would like to see a few more improvements to Stack Views.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're, stack they're views. They're nice and all. They demo really well, and the simple cases work fine, but you definitely can find yourself into uh, a frustrating situation when you try and do anything overly complicated, especially if you try and nest a bunch of stack views.
0: Well, and stack views in a scroll view that's, to me, one really big headache. Oh.
2: Pretty much anything with auto layout in a scroll view that you try and do through interface (laughs) builder is, um, you're just setting yourself up for frustration. Yeah. it'd Be nice if Um, that was fixed, like some easy way of doing that.
1: Yeah. Here's hoping for a scroll views with auto layout. Talk at dub dub with Eliza block.
2: (laughs) And she's on watch OS now. Yeah. Oh, those were always such good talks yeah they didn't have that last year, as far as I know. No scroll view talk and...
0: I was looking for it and don't remember seeing it
2: yeah uh, uh I forget the gentleman's name that always did the talk with Eliza, but they did the uh one of the watch o s talks instead. Mm. so um, you know one thing that is kind of challenging. You know, especially if you've moved to Swift, is Core Data. It'd be intra Core Data's got a lot of legacy. It's got a lot of power, uh, but you've got some of these upstarts like Realm coming up with more, uh, more modern approaches that play better with Swift. I wonder if we'll see Apple introduce a a re-envisioned uh, Core Data. Data Kit. Data Kit,
1: yeah. They
0: did buy a database company a while back.
1: Uh,
2: yeah, I'm sure they bought a few. Uh, they, <laughs> but and Tim Cook mentioned in the interview, I think they buy a new company every month, maybe. Something like that. It, it was fairly frequently, uh, but that, mm-hmm. they've got the cash to do it. In, in a way, they kind of started along that path with CloudKit. Uh, but that's purely server side, so it'd be nice to see something client side as well.
0: Yeah, I could see them having some kind of cacheable CloudKit, maybe. I don't yeah, know. I haven't worked with CloudKit enough to say. Can you cache a record locally on the client easily in CloudKit?
1: I think the answer to your question is no. There's not like any built-in caching like there is in, like, a Parks or a Realm or something like that. Yeah. Well, okay. Realm,
2: Realm has the opposite problem. It has no server-side syncing. No yet. server. So.
1: Yeah, true. <laughs> um,
2: so you have to build, you know, REST API or, or something on your own. That may change. I mean, they've got quite a few smart engineers working to continuously improve Realm. So seems like there's updates coming out all the time. I think syncing is on their on the roadmap at some point, but I don't know when that's gonna come. Yeah. An area I'd like to see and spend some time on that I don't expect they will is improving form input controls. Like, you know, we have text views, we've got spinners, we have pickers which are a little little crusty at this point, but it'd be nice to have an easier way of creating dynamic expressive forms you know especially with adaptive layouts like taking a form that's built in a table view and then taking it to the iPad just doesn't scale very well so um there's not really any great frameworks out there that i've found for creating forms there's some that are mm-hmm. that exist but they all have their own problems
1: oh yeah and just think about like what percentage of of UI could apps or make a form and be able to fill it out. I've got to imagine it's it's not a small percentage. That's a very common yeah. thing that people want to do, especially
2: if you get into enterprise apps or anything like business centric, mm-hmm. you know, even um, you know, retail apps where you're buying something, you still have to fill out a form when you buy. You know, even if you're using Apple Pay, you still need to provide some details like shipping address if if you're not using the default but you get in the enterprise well even she- any forms. app with like a login yeah
1: yeah any i mean any app even with a login form it's just kind of more work than it should be to be able to have like two text fields one of them's a password and then you can have errors and stuff come up yeah. it, it just seems like there's a better way or yeah. something they can do to improve there's it.
2: no built-in way to handle labels um you know, pairing labels with a text field or showing validation errors. you know, you kind of have to reinvent the wheel every time. And and the pickers don't really work that great in a lot of forms either. So it's, it's definitely an area that could use some improvement, but like I said, I don't expect Apple's going to spend much time on it this year, if ever.
0: I really do dislike that picker it's one of my least favorite controls
1: i really do dislike that picker poor picker what did he do to you it's a little
2: quirky too
0: yeah well if you're using it in a table view with self-sizing cells it gets a little crazy too and
1: oh yeah i mean everywhere apple wants you to use it it's like you expand and then the picker comes up and then it contracts and all that stuff it's a uh...
2: But it's yeah. kind
1: of a pain to do it how they want you to do but it. But then you
2: go onto the iPad and that doesn't really that model doesn't work, so you have to do it different there. Because you're probably not gonna have a single column form on the iPad because it just looks horrible. So yeah, it's it could be better. Um Google adopted the floating label for their input fields a little bit better their input uh, text fields expand to accommodate the the content and we don't have that without doing a lot of programming So it's it's definitely an area that uh, could use some attention
0: so see it's all going to be in UX kit all right there. Yeah. Yeah. Form, form
2: kit.
1: Form kit. Uh,
0: Google had their material design revolution. Now we're going to get it with UX kit. Oh, well,
2: yeah. We're, this would be the fourth year of the iOS 7 redesign, right? 7, 8, 9, 10. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe we'll see some tweaks on that too.
1: So, what about Swift? It's kind of been uh, developed out in the open. We kind of know all the features, or most of the features that are going to be in Swift three. Are you guys expecting any Swift surprises? Maybe, maybe it's these libraries that we're asking about are going to be like super Swifty and it's going to be awesome, or they're Swift only. Or,
2: well, I think the you know Swift three and uh, the the found, foundations being rewritten in Swift. I think the timing of that will probably line up with WWDC and and iOS 10's release later in the year. I don't think there will be too many surprises there. I think it's going to be a decent amount of work updating apps to be compatible.
1: So do you mean we're going to get the first like release version, like the first Swift 3 beta?
2: Yeah, I think we'll see the beta in June. And I, that seems likely. <laughs> I think there's going to be a decent number of breaking changes. Uh, there might be some good tools for migrating, but it's probably going to be a little bit more um, of a change than some of the previous versions. You know, I, I think the biggest surprises will be how much integration Apple does with Xcode. I don't think we'll get too many surprises at the language level.
0: Not at the language level, but I can see them coming out with some new amazing library that's cross-platform that works, you know, in Linux. Or maybe they'll have a their own server-side Swift framework. You know, it's been a he little looks, while. It works in Linux. <laughs> yeah.
1: You heard it here first. Yes. Mac, Linux, and iOS. It's been and a watch while since... kit and TVOS. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's been a while since we had a server side Swift framework come out. I mean we need one.
2: <laughs> I'm kind of surprised there isn't already people working on porting parse server over into Swift.
0: Yeah, it seems like it would be a a nice thing to do. Just get rid of node that javascript yeah i don't
2: I don't think it the code would look the that much different
1: server side tools are are very mature though the swift server side tools are not so mature,
2: yeah, it's more just True. the type safety you get with the language the language features yeah um it's not so much that Swift can do things that JavaScript can it's more the robustness of the the type system and and the debugging tools.
0: Well, you like, can have multi-threaded Swift. So yeah. there's one thing it can't, JavaScript can't do.
2: True. But uh...
1: although any new language-level multi-threading features are out of scope for Swift three.
2: Yeah. <laughs> mm.
1: So you're stuck with the kind of funkiness that is writing GCD stuff in Swift.
0: Yeah, or op queues, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't know. I'm not sure which one I would. I haven't really used GCD and Swift much since I tend to fall towards RX Swift, but I think I would take OpQs over GCD and Swift. Interesting. Maybe. It's, it's a close call.
1: Yeah. Swift 4, it's something cool has to come we'll
2: have to see. Um, yeah, I th- I think Apple will probably also have some announcements around iTunes Connect, the App Store and TestFlight. But uh maybe we'll save that for n- another uh, episode. If they announce that they're using their
0: new Mac Pros as their uh build processors <laughs> and it, it's going to go down from hours to minutes to process a new build once you upload it. I'll be jumping for joy on that one.
2: Yeah. And, uh, most of my apps seem to average 30 minutes to process a build if I'm lucky and then I've had some that have taken a day or two. I will say that I don't know if it's, if you guys have seen this as well, but my review times, even for our new app have been less than 24 hours
0: they've been way down yeah
1: we're in the calm before the storm i think that's got to be the main reason yeah (laughs) so
2: the everybody's holding off uh, to see what's coming maybe
1: yeah there's not as much stuff going on
2: So now's the time to get your updates out i guess just if you (laughs) get the review times yeah it's a good
1: opportunity if you want to get some uh, attention
0: Definitely, and if you're going to, especially if you're going to do something that's developer focused as an app, it's a great time to get some exposure right before dub dub because there's a much better chance you'll get in the news in May than you would in, in June.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think these weeks leading up to June tend to be pretty quiet, and I'm sure some of the uh, bloggers and and uh, trade journals are desperate for content.
1: Give me content, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Speaking of new apps, we, we have a podcast listener who uh, launched his new app. <laughs> it's our app of the week this week.
0: Well, the app is called Skylab. And you can go find it at skylabapp.com. And it's a really, really interesting app. This guy, his name's James, James Grody from uh, brain fever media. He puts out a lot of photo based apps and they're all very interesting. He has one called alien sky where you can put like other moons inside of your sky pictures. And I've actually posted some of those on Facebook and, People kind of believed it, which was like a <laughs> testament to him. Maybe not a testament to my friends. <laughs> he uh, has this other one now called Skylab, and it allows you to replace the sky in your app. So it's not just adding in a you know falling meteor into your photo. It's actually changing your sky, so you could change it from a day picture to a night picture with say the, the Milky way galaxy in the background or, or even uh tornadoes and hurricanes and, or just even regular sky apps, skies where it's much more vivid than what you took a picture of.
2: And you can add other elements as well, like trees and, and things like that and you kind know, move them around and, uh, and I think there are a number of other effects. Yeah. So James does and a then, great job creating these these photo apps and adding adding all sorts of different effects, and a lot of them are themed based on the app. and And this one's got a quite a few options in it.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like you can add photo filters to these things to to make it look right uh, Instagram, but better. So check it out. It's actually going to be released on Thursday when this podcast goes out. And James was kind enough to provide us with a few promo codes to share to our listeners.
1: So how it's going to work is uh, if you are interested in the Skylab uh, promo code, then just head on over to our Slack. You can get there again by going to uh, chat.sharedinstance.com. And join the Skylab uh, channel there, and after uh, about four days, so I guess um, maybe uh, next Monday we'll uh, do a a random selection from the the people who are in that channel and get hand out the promo codes that way I think it's, it's what our plan is so uh, join join slack and hopefully you can get a promo code check out skylab or just buy it and give james money
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes i'm sure he'd prefer the money but if you want to try the app out be one of the five lucky ones in our skylab channel on slack
1: (laughs) well i think that's about all the time we have left this week so why don't you guys tell us where we can find you on twitter
0: I'm at AJ Robinson. And I'm at Sam Corder.
1: I'm at Alex Argo. Uh, you can find the podcast at Shared Inst on Twitter. Uh, send us emails, as always, at Shared Instance Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, show notes are Shared slash 61. Well, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll, we'll hear from us again next week.